This podcast episode is an adapted version of a video we uploaded to YouTube. Please enjoy. For some people who have witnessed a UFO, the sighting itself is sometimes not the end of the incident. For over 70 years now, witnesses have reported being questioned, harassed, and sometimes even threatened by strange men clad in black suits who appear in the wake of a UFO sighting. The so-called men in black are now firmly embedded as part of the established UFO phenomena, with their place seemingly being to keep UFOs out of the wider public attention and curtail research efforts that could finally lift the veil of secrecy surrounding UFOs. In this video, we will be delving into the question of just who the men in black may be, how their identity may affect their motives for inhibiting the advancement of UFO research, and finally assess how effectively they have been in their goal. If you are interested in a look at some individual cases, then check out the video on our parent channel, Top Fives. You may be surprised in what you learn. Cases of men in black emerged just as the flying saucer craze began to grip the world in the late 1940s. On June the 27th, 1947, just over two weeks before the alleged UFO crash at Roswell in New Mexico, two men named Fred Chrisman and Harold Dahl claimed to have observed six donut-shaped UFOs from their boat off Maury Island in Washington state. Afterwards, Harold claimed that he was approached by a man in a black suit, who after questioning him about the incident, warned him not to speak of it further. Dahl's encounter with a man in black was one, if not the, first encounter with the men in black, and would reappear again and again in UFO reports up to the present day. So just who are they? Descriptions of the men in black vary, but from a general overview, we can see that they tend to fall into two types. The first type have the look and mannerisms of an ordinary person, with the only distinguished trait being their black suits, and of course their interest in UFOs. For the sake of this video, we shall categorize these Type 1 men in black. Generally, it's suspected that Type 1 work on behalf of the government. As to their roles, it can be speculated that as well as discrediting UFO sightings, they have the role of investigating the sightings themselves. A Type 1 MIB encounter can be found in the case of the Soloway Firth Spaceman. In 1964, fireman Jim Templeton took this now famous photograph of his daughter, which shows a figure apparently wearing a spacesuit in the background. Templeton said that later, two men approached him at work and started asking questions about the photograph before driving him back to where it was taken. There they persisted with their questions before becoming agitated with him, accusing him of being deceptive before getting back in their car and leaving him there to walk home. During the entire time he spent with them, the two men simply referred to themselves as number 9 and number 10. What's interesting about this case is that it was not until some 50 years later that a conclusive answer to what the picture was emerged. The spaceman is in fact Templeton's wife with her back to the camera and her dress overexposed to the lens which created the image. The Type 1 MIBs in this instance seem to have gathered enough evidence during their investigation that proved there was nothing abnormal about what happened when the picture was taken, which would also imply that they had prior knowledge of what to look for. They became agitated when they couldn't find that evidence, possibly because they would have to return to their superiors with nothing substantial. Delving deeper into the possible motives of a Type 1, it would not be unreasonable to speculate that they were involved in covering up the testing of experimental human 
or even alien technology by governments such as the US from facilities like the now notorious Area 51. In this instance, the Type 1s want to assess just how much of the experimental craft had been observed by civilians to determine the extent of the security breach and advise those conducting the experiments on how to better keep them secret in the future. So just who would the Type 1 MIBs answer to? This is an especially difficult question to even speculate, since Type 1 MIBs have been seen in several countries around the world, which would seem to indicate a multinational organisation. In the US, several members of the government over the years who have claimed that their investigation into UFO reports had been thwarted by a mysterious agency or group. In 1997, Webster Hubble, who had served as President Bill Clinton's Associate Attorney General until 1996, claimed that when he looked into UFOs on behalf of Clinton, he encountered resistance from what he called a secret government wing, who had access to information not even the President was privy to. Could the Type 1 MIBs be a part of this government wing? Given the influence the US has over the Western world, then it's possible this government wing has departments all over the world. So what about the other type of MIBs, the Type 2s? In contrast to the Type 1, the Type 2 MIBs are far more mysterious, and descriptions of them are often unsettling. As one witness, British woman Helen Sullivan describes one of them during an encounter in 1992. There was this horrible little man, about five feet tall. He was dressed in a black suit and tie, and had a funny little black hat on. His face was really strange. He looked like someone with anorexia. You know, his cheeks were all gaunt, his eyes were dark, and his skin was almost white. Then he suddenly gave me this horrible grin, and I could tell his lips had been coloured, like with makeup or something. He took off his hat, and had this really bad wig on. You know, he looked about 60, but the wig was jet black. In this case, the wig is an interesting feature, as many Type 2s are often described as not having any kind of hair, not even eyebrows. Another distinguishable trait they possess is that often they move in an unnatural manner and have difficulty speaking coherently, as if it was unnatural to them. Within UFO law, it has often been put forward that Type 2s are in fact the occupants of UFOs in disguise, trying to suppress their presence maybe even from the Type 1s, and whom they may be trying to mimic in their appearance. What is especially unnerving is that the Type 2s often seem to know intimate details about the person they are trying to warn off. A number of alleged abductees claim that the alien beings communicate telepathically. If the Type 2s were indeed aliens, then this would not only explain why they have such difficulty speaking, but also how they gathered the information on the person they are meeting with. So, whether a Type 1 or Type 2, the effort seems to be as far as the general public are concerned, to suppress knowledge of UFO activity so that they can concentrate on their own agendas. But how successful have they been? One could argue that if MIBs do exist, then their interactions have had the opposite effect, and have instead only added to the appeal of the UFO mystery, since human curiosity makes us wonder what is so important that it has to be kept a secret. It's akin to a child seeing a closed box and wanting to know what's inside. So could this have been intentional as part of the misinformation program to help keep the topic of UFOs on the fringe, something that generates interest, but is not to be taken seriously? If so, then it has worked since UFOs and the MIB 
remain subject that are essentially confirmed to an almost personal rather than societal level? Or could it simply be that this demonstrates a lack of understanding about the human condition?